so it's not children's Q&A. So I should not um, have that priority. So as long as you're a teen, I should answer your question according to submission. Okay, so now the person asked this question. Is there, is there any significance to put certain tribes together and in certain direction in Numbers chapter 2? Write Numbers chapter 2. Let's turn to Numbers chapter 2. Okay, Numbers chapter 2 gives to us the arrangement of the tribes of Israel around the tabernacle. Anyone know, remember what's the tabernacle? Chloe, do you remember what's the tabernacle? No. Uh, faith. Tabernacle, do you remember what it was? Can't remember. Well, the tabernacle is when the children of Israel were, were in the wilderness, when they first left Egypt, right? Then they went through the wilderness before they reached the promised land. In, when they were traveling to the promised land, God gave them instruction to build the tabernacle. The tabernacle represents the presence of God, all right? So told them exactly how to build the tent and what to be in the tent and so on. All right, look here. So, so God will tell them how to build the tabernacle, right? The height of um, the materials around it, and then what's in it, and so on. So God gave them instructions exactly how to build. Um, this is called the tabernacle, all right? Tabernacle. Now, and when they had built the tabernacle, God also told them, how to arrange the tribes. How many tribes are there, were there in Israel? Chloe, how many? Say again, 12, very good. So God also gave them instructions for the tribes. How to arrange the tribes, right? They are going to encamp at night. Are they all just going to sleep wherever they want and all over the place? God says, we will, I will give you instructions on how to arrange which tribe will be where. Okay, now in order to understand um, the different tribes and their arrangement, and this person asked, so is there, how are they arranged? Is there any significance? Okay, how are they arranged? We have to know um, the children of Jacob, right? Because they are the 12 tribes. The 12 tribes will be arranged there. So who remembers who Abraham married, got married to? Abraham got married to? Phoebe. Say again. Sarah. Very good. Your auntie, right? <laughs> All right. Abraham married Sarah and then they gave birth to Phoebe. Isaac. Good. Your cousin, right? <laughs> then they gave birth to Isaac. Then Isaac married Rebecca, correct? Then they gave birth to Jacob, right? They gave birth to Jacob. And then the 12 tribes will come from Jacob, right? From the loins of Jacob. And Jacob had four wives. Well, no, he actually had two wives, all right? So there was, there was Leah. Should ask Phoebe who? <laughs> <laughs> there was Leah. There, there was Leah. And then, you know, there was... There was Rachel. Okay. Now, then there were the maids of Leah, which was Zilpah. Then the maid of Rachel also bore Jacob's children, Bilhah. Can you remember? All right, these names. 
Now, was Jacob supposed to have many wives? No, right? God never wanted his children to have multiple wives. So he did disobey God. So just want to make that clear. So um, not only did Leah and Rachel bear children to Jacob, the maids also bore children to Jacob. Okay? So not a good situation, but this is what happened. This is what happened. Now in there, we are going to have the children of Israel, correct? The children of Jacob. So the 12 tribes. In here will be the 12 tribes. Okay, so now, so you remember Leah, Zilpah, Bilhah, Rachel. Because not enough space, so I have to clean this off. How were they arranged? How do you think they were arranged? Justin, where's Justin? How do you think they were arranged? Any ideas? Say again. Three tribes. So there are four directions, right? This is east, right? Okay, so this history lesson and then we learn the lesson about how God works. East, west, north, south. So if 12, to be 12 tribes, then it is three per side, correct? Three per side. So just make sure I get it right. Now, the children, the, the tribes that were on this side is Issachar. Then we have Judah. All the pens have no ink. And then we have Zebulon. Okay, I just mapped it based on what God says. And then we have Dan. We have Naphtali. Alright, then we have um, Asher. Okay, then we have on this side Manasseh. Manasseh. Ephraim and Benjamin. Okay, then on the south side we have Simeon, Reuben, and Gad. It would be too much to ask if I ask you all whose children is which one. <laughs> Anyone knows? No, okay, Josiah is very quick. He shake his head before I call him. <laughs> no, don't know, don't know, don't ask me. Don't call my name. Alright, so I, I had to trace. Now, um, Phoebe, whose children do you think these were? If I ask you. Leah, alright. So these were, these were Leah's children. Right, so I put L, right, L, 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 Leah's children, and then, um, okay, Leah's children was also Reuben and Simeon, okay, so that is Leah's children, and then we have um, we have Zilpah's children. Zilpah's children, and then we have Zilpah's children. Okay, then we have Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. Did I miss out any more? Okay, then we have Bilha, Bilha, Bilha. Can you see? Okay. So, uh, this is Justin's question. Right, so Justin, this is based on what we trace. This is how it was arranged. Right, Leah's children. Leah's children. And then um, Zilpah. Uh, sorry, then Rachel's children. And then the handmaid, Zilpah. Zilpah's one got split this way. Got split this way. Alright, and then Bilhah's one. Work here. Okay, so this is how things were arranged. So the question is, what was the order? This was the order. This is what God says. This was the order. 
So it seems to be um, somewhat arranged by the, the mother's children, correct? Which wife's children. So it seems to be arranged predominantly that way. Um, except one, uh, except Zilpah's one got split this way. Now, actually I also tried to trace who remembers who's the oldest child? Isaac. Any ideas? No. Shane, which is the oldest child? Okay, I tried to trace. So Reuben. Okay, Reuben number one. And then Gad is number seven. Simeon is number two. Asher number eight. Dan number five, Naphtali number six, Manasseh and, and Ephraim, they are whose children? Uh, Grace, Faith, whose children? Oh, Noah, Noah is here. Whose children? Do you remember Manasseh and Joseph? <laughs> Manasseh Ephraim, I just told you. Alright, they're jo Joseph's children. Right, Joseph. Alright. Um, Joseph's children, number 11. Now, why did it get split this way? Jeremy, how come? How come grandchildren are there? But they made up 12, correct? Why? Ben, uh, Benedict, why? One of the 12 original didn't get a place. Why did he not get a place, Susan? Not sure. Not sure. Uh, okay, last one. Uh, Jennifer, how come? Not sure. Now, what is the tribe that is missing here? Tell me. Levi, right? Levi. Levi was missing here. Why is Levi missing, Vincent? They were set apart for the priesthood. They were not given any inheritance. Their inheritance is God. Remember, they were set apart. So, if you minus one, alright, you minus one. So now we have a problem. So Levi taken out. Levi's tribe, well, to make up the twelve, Joseph's children, Manasseh and Ephraim, will be added. Okay, that's how God works. So you end up with twelve again. Okay, so that's why you end up actually with grandchildren. It's not Rachel's children, but Rachel's posterity. Okay, Rachel's posterity. So this is what happened. So the Levites, the Levi, the Levitical tribe will be the priesthood. Alright, they are not assigned any particular uh, inheritance. So this is, so when you look at the number, does anyone, hey, hang on. This is nine. This is four. This is 10. This is 11, 11, 12. Okay, Joseph is 11. So, when you stare very hard at this, okay, you stare very hard at this, do you see a pattern? Do you see a pattern? Who's very good at deciphering codes? You see a pattern. Elim is smiling. Elim saw the pattern. What's the pattern? Let me see from here. Yes, Elim? Not sure how to explain. So what's the pattern that you see? So, Levi is three, eh? just in case you're wondering. Levi is three, alright? Yes, how, you, how do you want to explain? Eh, Elim. Okay, who, saw, who can see the pattern? Maybe the adults. Claw. Can't see a pattern. Ah. 
Howard. Too <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you can take a photo then enlarge. I'm sure. I'm. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, uh, Jeremy sees a pattern. Right? See? Well, we know we is grouped kind of by the by the by the mother, right? Pre predominantly that, although some exception. Okay, Grace, Grace saw the pattern. What's the pattern? No, I, I saw like um, Rachel's on the west and this is the near side. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the both mother's children is on both sides and then the top is um, um, the, the length. Uh, yes, a bit like that, correct. But what about the number? You can't tell. The pattern. I mean, none of you can tell any pattern. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So clear. Say again. Yeah, these two because they're under Joseph. All right, Joseph is the eleventh child. What is the pattern? Disciple. Huh? No disciples. No disciples here. The pattern is very obvious. There is no pattern. <laughs> there is no pattern. Right? Once you plot the numbers, there is no pattern. In terms of the seniority and the tribe size, it's just given by God in numbers. That's all. God says this is how you arrange. That's it. No pattern. Well, in terms of mothers, maybe a bit of pattern. But once it goes to who's older, who's younger, which tribe is bigger, smaller, it's just given like that. That's it. Is the Levi in the middle? In the uh, Levi. Is in the all right. Le Levi. Now, what will happen is when they move. All right, when they move. When they break camp, like us. Next week. When they break camp, all right, when they move, this tribe will move first. All right? Then, then there will be the Levites. They carry certain things. All right? Then after that will be followed by, um, I think, the south. Then again, the Levites carrying the furniture. Then after that, followed by, um, let me look up. Uh, I make sure I, I copied it correctly. But basically, when they move, when they move, God also gave them a certain order to move, alright? Okay, when they move, this one will move, alright? This one will move. And then after that, followed by Ephraim and Isaiah. No, this one is, yeah, followed by Ephraim, Manasseh, Benjamin. Somehow followed by this, based on the diagram that they Then there's the tabernacle. And then there is, followed by Judah, Issachar, and Zebulon. All right, Judah. Then followed by, the next group is Judah, Issachar, and um, Zebulon which is, no, sorry, this one is moving last. Then, then Asher Naphtali is, according to the diagram, will move first. But basically, when they move, how, what happens is this. The Levites will be in between them. Okay, to answer your question, the Levites will be in between them, uh, carrying what God asked them to carry. Right? But one thing is, is, is known is there's no pattern in terms of the age, the seniority and all that. God just chose. That's it. Alright, so to answer your question, Justin, this is how they arrange. Is there any reason or pattern God simply gave? Now, you look at Judah, uh, Numbers chapter 2, right? Numbers chapter 2, shall we read verse 23 and 34? Verse 33 and 34, Numbers chapter 2, verse 33 and 34, shall we read together. But 
the Levites were not numbered among the children of Israel, as the Lord commanded Moses, and the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. So they pitched by their standards, and so they set forward, every one after their families, according to the house of their fathers. So here, God simply says, He gave them the instruction, and what does God say the children of Israel did? And the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. Whatever God told, told Moses, they simply did it. That's it. Alright, they simply did it. So let me correct myself. Huh? So when they move, alright, when they move, what will happen is the ark. Alright, you remember the ark? In the tabernacle, there's the ark, right? The ark will move in front here. So if they're moving this way, the ark will be here. Okay, the ark will move first. Then Judah, Issachar, and Zebulon. So this group will follow the ark. Then after the ark, one of the, Levi uh, the Levites will be carrying uh, the tabernacle material. Then it will be followed by this group. So East go, then, then, the, then the Levites, then this group will follow. So this is like army formation. Huh? Then this group will follow. My handphone stays still. This group will follow. Then after this group follows, we will have the tabernacle furniture. Then after the tabernacle furniture, then this group will follow. And then the last group will be this. Right? So they move this way, the ark here, then this group will follow, then the, then the furniture, and then this group will follow, and then this will be the last group. So even how they move was given by God. So can you actually imagine if this one moved first, and then followed by this one, then followed by this one, it's not going to work. So it's very smooth, right? Alright, so those, yeah. The Levites, where did the Levites preach? Then they will have their area. Just like when eventually they move to the promised land, they were also given an area. Alright, so now this is what will happen. Um, they will move in this pattern. But, so the lesson is this. So when Justin asked, why? What's the lesson to be learned? What do you think is the lesson? Try. Uh, uh, Caleb, what's the lesson? God says, do this, and then they all obey to, according to all that, that God asked them to do, and they just obey. What do you think is the lesson? Not sure. Hannah. To obey, although we do not understand. Alright? That's one of the lessons that we learn from here. God says, well, Noah is, the, Noah is the oldest at home, correct? Among the children. Okay? So, that, that he says, alright, we, we are going out. Faith will walk first, then followed by Noah, then, and so on. So, no, you don't understand. But I'm older. I want to go first. But daddy decided. That's it. And then we just obey. Alright? We obey. Then it tells us that you're obedient children. I don't understand how come she goes first, not me. But daddy decided. So this, from this, the children of Israel displayed their obedience even though there's no pattern, right? Now, can they end up quarreling? Do you think they end up quarreling? Number one is here, you know. Where's number two? Number two here. Number four, number ten here. How can number ten move first? They could, have, could they have fought over all these things? Right? This group is last. This group is last. Hey, grandchildren. They should be last, isn't it? So they could have quarreled, right? But you also notice one thing. Did God simply leave them to do as they wish? God did not. God gave them instructions. Right? That's the other thing we have to learn. Sometimes God gives instructions, sometimes you look at it, we don't fully understand. We may not even agree, right? But like the children of Israel, they did according to all that God commanded. So that's one important lesson for us to learn. Now, in life, sometimes God chooses certain things. And certain things happen that way. Maybe your, your younger at home is... Smarter than you say, God, I'm older. Why don't you make me smarter? Right? God chose. That's it. 
Now, I'm, I'm younger than many people in church. Why did God choose me to be pastor? It's just God's choice. Should I be proud? Should these people be proud? No, it's simply God's choice. That's it. So everyone falls into their place and do what they're supposed to do. When they move, if they moved and they, if God did not give instruction on how to move, what will happen, Jennifer? They will what? Say again. There will be confusion. There will be chaos, correct? There will be chaos. So the other thing that we learn, Justin, from here is God is a God of order. Understand? God is a God of order. When you study scriptures, you will notice one characteristic about God. God is very orderly. Even in these things, God plans. God says, I'm God. These are small things. I can't be bothered. No, God gave very clear instructions down to how they will come, test their obedience, how they will move, will you obey? If not, say, hello, I am number one, I want to go first. Then everybody will be fighting, right? Did the children of Israel have a choice? Number one goes first, number followed by number two, we just follow the order. No, they were not given a choice. So the other lesson that we need to learn in life is God is a God of order. And when we do things at our home, should parents just don't care? Whatever. No, parents must ensure order because you are supposed to reflect the character of God. There must be order. So young ones, listen. When your parents say, this is the order, we will do things like that at home. This is, what we'll, this is what, how things are done. Should you quarrel with your parents? No, I do not want. Be like the children of Israel. There is order. Should you say, mommy, daddy, can you just leave us to decide? We'll do whatever we want. You should not have this thinking, right? Parents bring order because God says there is order. God deals with this thing. What about a church? What do you think we learn for church? Yeah, as adults. Uh, as adults. Which adult? Um, adult. Okay. Ichum. Uh, <laughs> What's your question seems to be very infectious. It got to you too. Yeah. So what do we learn for church? Yeah. That God is a God of order. Um, that even, uh, even in church, there is order. And so uh, when we receive instructions, um, we should simply obey, even when we don't understand at the time. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not sinful. As long as it's not sinful, church must also give must ensure that church is run in an orderly way. Alright? There must be order. Now, if you turn to 1 Corinthians, please, chapter 14. 1 Corinthians, chapter 14. Alright? 1 Corinthians, chapter 14. Now, verse 40. This is about the church. Things were getting a bit confusing in church. Verse 40, shall we read together? 1 Corinthians 14, 40 reading, 1, 2 reading. Let all things be done decently and in order. God gave this instruction to the New Testament church. Let all things be done decently. Not in chaos and in fightings, right? Be decent and in order. In other words, the church is expected to ensure there is order. So, church members, worshippers, do you dislike instructions from church? Just say, we will have this order. We will do things like that. Very often, if not sometimes, we don't like it. But as long as it is not sinful, if the church say something sinful, do something sinful, ask you to follow something sinful, order that is sinful, you don't follow. It is wrong. But things that are not sinful, we have to have order in church, right? So I hope, young ones, listen. One day you will grow up, and then you will begin to realize there are many things are done certain ways in church. You should just expect there must be order. There must be order. Now, there are many things that as session we have to order, put order in place. And sometimes we hear people say, the church is very controlling. 
The church is very controlling. Then we must understand the church needs to control order as long as it's not sinful. When certain things, certain timelines must be met, certain things must be done this way, um, and, and all that, there must be order. Otherwise, there's chaos. So God is a God of order. We do things that way. So I hope the young ones and I hope adults as well, you understand. Sometimes, now we have 200 people. If everybody wants to do things their own way, in the kitchen, in ministries, um, usage of church and all that, it will be a lot of fight. Alright, so God put in order. God put in order. Now, what other things you think you can learn? Chloe, what else do you think we can learn from here? You look at the picture. Do you notice a pattern? There is one pattern. <laughs> There's one pattern. Other children are very good at not noticing patterns. You don't see? Alright, maybe ask that a Howard. A Howard. This pattern you can see. Don't need the details. Okay, this is not this this is not a trick question. <laughs> there is a pattern. Joshua. Three on each side. <laughs> okay, three on each side. Okay, three. Three on each side. Okay. I don't think the numbers have very significant pattern, but there is one pattern. Where is the tabernacle? In the middle. I should have asked you. In the middle, right? Very fast. The pattern is you notice that the tabernacle is in the middle. What do you think God wants the people to learn? What do you think, Mabel? The center of the people's life is God. The tabernacle always represents the presence of God. God already said that. Tabernacle in those days represents the presence of God. Not Christmas gifts presents, huh? God's person being present with them. Alright? His presence with them. So, and you notice that God ensures that all the tribe can see the tabernacle. It's all in their sight. And their life revolves around the tabernacle, revolves around God. Everyone have easy access, right? Actually, 333 all have easy access to God, right? To come to the priesthood. So God teaches us that even through this physical arrangement that the people must know, God must be the center of my life at that time. Same for you, your family. So they were arranged by tribes. How should each tribe feel and think? As head of the homes, God must be the center of our lives. Gather around the tabernacle where all the religious activities happen. Church, our lives also revolve around the church, where the word is taught, where we come to pray. It's a house of prayer where... Um, God is worshipped, God is served. So all this, they begin to live their life that way. Right? No one is left behind. And when they move, the ark is in front. Right? That God will lead them. It's not for them to lead themselves. Right? So the Levites will carry the ark and the ark will move first. Right? So God, they must follow God's direction. So all these have things that we can learn. But is there any particular order in pattern um, at least I don't see it. Maybe people can make up something um, which may be dangerous. Now, what else can you, do you think you can learn? Justin, you asked the question. I never asked you anything. Justin, all right. So now you see. What else do you think you can learn? This one is a bit difficult. We shouldn't look down on others. Yeah, based on age, right? Especially you're young among us. Okay, I get it. <laughs> so don't look down on me, right? God arranges as He wishes. They just peaceably accept whatever God ordains in their life. Okay, so siblings learn that at home also. Don't fight over these things. Alright, be obedient to what parents decide. 
Now, now the next one is, now this is a bit difficult. Where is number one? Alright, now some, some believe this. I don't think I will fight with it. You notice that Judah, Judah would lead, right? God did ordain that Christ will come through the tribe of Judah, right? And some think that, well, Reuben, if there is a pattern. Now, why not Reuben? Now, remember Reuben, if this is a reason, now Reuben abused his authority. Right? Reuben fell into grievous sin and relegated. It could be that. It could be that, or it could be just simply God chooses whoever. I choose Judah to be the tribe of his, the tribe that will lead, and Christ will come through the tribe of Judah. That's it. But if, if it is indeed because of those things, then we also realize that sin has consequences sometimes. When we serve God, we fall into sin and we refuse to repent and we go on our way. Sometimes it affects, you know, it affects whether God will use us. Right? There could be a lesson to learn, but we do know that God chose Judah. That's it. God chose Judah, not Reuben, to be the tribe from which Christ will come. Alright, so here are some um, of the lessons we learn. But I think the key thing is really the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. That's it. All. Live in peace in church. Alright, don't fight. Why is my committee not given special privileges? Why is the other committee don't keep comparing committees and all that. Whatever God so ordains, then just, just serve. Just be obedient. Okay? Alright, so these are some of the lessons. Justin, did I answer your question? How they arrange seems to be by the wife and the handmaid. But in terms of size, chronology, don't seem to have a pattern. But several other things we learn. God is a God of order. That's for sure. That's for sure. Now, then the thing to learn, alright? Young people, learn this. Now, pay attention here. here. Now, okay. God is a God of order means, young ones, your life must have order. Your life must have order. Don't live a messy life. Alright? Order your life. Be obedient to God. Have, have proper routines. Obey God's word, what God wants you to do. Right? Don't, don't live a disorderly life. God is a God of order. Is your life disorderly? Messy? I don't like order. Grace, do you like order? You like order? Order McDonald's. <laughs> you like order? You know it's order? Means follow certain proper instructions. Okay, order. So, so God is a God of order, then we must be people of order also. Don't live a messy life, alright? Okay, so this is, this is, Justin? Answered? Okay. Some lessons. Now, the next one is this. The person here. Person is not here. Uh, um, okay, then I ask Ilim's question. Alright, Ilim has a question. Okay, is being sarcastic, being sarcastic or exaggerating lying? Is that a question? Being sarcastic and exaggerating, is it lying? Is it lying? So, what do you think? Ilim, what is sarcastic? Now make sure you, because you always use big words, huh? You know big words, yes. What is sarcastic? When you say something but you don't mean it, but you say it in order to? Make others feel what? Sarcastic. Yes. Okay, someone bullies you and disturbs you and troubles you and you get irritated and then say, oh, you're a very nice person. <laughs> <laughs> so, you say, you don't mean it, number one. Right? You say it to 
Sometimes we say sarcastic things is to irritate someone, right? To actually um, poke fun at them or make them angry. Is that what you mean by sarcastic? Yes, alright? So it's sarcastic lying. Why do you say it's, it's why do you ask it's sarcastic lying? Because you're saying something which is not true. So is that lying? Okay? So number one. Then the other one she said, oh, but exaggerating. Is it lying? Okay, now, which commandment do we break when it comes to lying? Enoch. Is it the six? You need to turn it upside down. <laughs> then becomes number what? Nine. Nine, right? I already taught you, right? Nine. Nine is like that. A man with a long tongue. Yeah? Lying. So, yes. Is that what you wanted to say, Faith? Nine. Nine, not six. Alright, nine. So, lying. So, it's being sarcastic. Uh, what is exaggerating? Noah, what is exaggerating? You overemphasize the description. Can you give an example of exaggeration? Sing Jun. Sing Yuan, sorry. Yeah, Sing Yuan. You know, I was looking at. Yeah, Sing Yuan. Why do you want to say a flower is pink when it's not pink? <laughs> okay, sing Jun, you have a sister, quickly. Exaggeration. I want to make sure you understand what is exaggeration. I can say that this room is as big as a concert hall. This room is as big as a concert hall. Why do you want to say something like that? Why do people exaggerate? Noah? No, what? They're frustrated, then they exaggerate. I give an example. Because you're thinking about exaggeration that adults don't think about. So I want to make sure I do. Oh, okay. So you're waiting for your sister to finish using the toilet, and then your sister comes out of the toilet and say, Why did you stay in there for three years? <laughs> right? Now that's exaggerating, yeah? Say again. Can you class figurative language under exaggeration? Figurative language is figurative language exaggeration. What's figurative language? Right. Metaphors, uh, similes, similes, like the sun is bright gold. It's metaphors and similes. Now, metaphors and similes, that's why I keep asking you why. The metaphors and similes are describing something, um, but usually exaggeration involves you want to make yourself look good. You know, that day, um, okay, what games? When we played badminton, you know, I jumped up like five feet and then I smashed. Wow, that was, you should have seen that. It's to promote something, right? Exaggerate. I mean, the, when you say the sun is like a ball of fire, you're not trying to, you're not trying to be proud about anything. Alright? So, those would not be. Those would not be, alright? So, exaggerate is, number one, you want to show off. Wow, we went fishing that day. I caught a fish that was 20 feet long. <laughs> yeah? When the boat that you were in was only 5 feet. Alright? So, you want to make people admire you. So, you exaggerate. Or you can also want to irritate people. Actually, Noah, when you say, why do you take forever in the toilet? Forever means forever, you know, she did come out, so it's not forever, <laughs> right? Why is it? Sometimes it's to, it's, to, it's to irritate them. So that can be more sarcastic. I'm being sarcastic and I exaggerate also. Wow, you're both, both in the same place. You so that kind of attitude, all right? Yes. Can you, like, exaggerate to tell someone off? Can you exaggerate to tell someone off? Example. Because I only think of adult exaggeration. I need to now know what you want to know. Like, when, if, for example, 
a friend, she stole like her pencil and I said she stole my book. It's okay. You want to you want to exaggerate you exaggerate to tell someone off. To to tell someone off. So the person took your pencil and you say, you tell your mommy, my friend took my whole pencil box. That is to get people in trouble. That is exaggeration. Right? So you see, exaggeration has certain intents. Either to make yourself look good or to make someone else look bad. Exaggerate, for example. Now, that kind of things um, and being sarcastic. Sarcastic is usually to attack someone. Attack someone. Right? Someone come to church. Wow, your hair very nice today, uh, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah? but actually, he didn't comb his hair. Right? That kind of thing. Or, or parents. Parents. Wow, you, you woke up so early today. It's actually 9 o'clock. Right? So, now, some of the things we use to scold people, if they know, we are scolding them. We are scolding them. Parents scold them. When you're scolding your child, sometimes they know you're scolding them. Now, so one of the things that Westminster Divine very well described when they describe what is exaggeration. So parents, you can go and do your, your family worship today and do uh, Westminster um, Larger Catechism, question number 45. Right now, what is forbidden in the ninth commandment? We say lying. We just say lying. We always think lying means, means tell lies. Saying something that is not true. Sarcasm, lying, falls under that. Right? In fact, they, they classify things like scoffing. Great, so it's scoffing. You're not coughing all the time. Stop scoffing. <laughs> is that it? What is scoffing? Stop scoffing. <laughs> well, it's like, oh, like... No, 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 all right, scoffing is like, like, I should have checked, can someone help me, because it won't occur to me to explain scoffing, scoffing is like, like insult people, make fun of them, all right, scoff at them, um, um, look down on them and you say something, what do they define it as, let me read, all right, you know, you know what's scoffing? When you have a flu, no, not that. All right, contemptuously ridiculing or mocking someone, mocking people. You know, it's mocking. Also, don't know. Make fun, yeah, make fun. But you do it in a contemptuous way. Contemptuous. Then you have Jacob. Contemptuous ridicule means you ridicule someone. Kayla, what's ridicule? Hmm? See, so difficult. Don't know. Ridicule means. To make fun of someone, to to in a con, in not a nice way, <laughs> children, not nice way of doing it. All right. So, uh, can someone give me an example of ridicule? Shane, scoff and ridicule. Not sure. So you're a very nice person. Don't know how to scoff. All right. So like. Um, Okay, so for example, someone says, Coco, can you teach me this maths problem? Right? 10 times 395. Then the Coco scoffs. Even this you can't do. Scoff. A ridicule. Right? Make fun of a person to make the person feel bad, feel small, feel stupid. So, so Westminster rightly mean, say that that is considered breaking the ninth commandment. Right? So those things are reviling. Then another one they say, flattering. You know it's flattering? Yeah, so it's flattering. So flattering is like saying that you like copy the doula. Huh? Like flattering is someone does something that he is really good, they compliment them. Alright, that one, if they did something good, you compliment them, that's a compliment. Over complimenting. <laughs> right? You want. You want favor from the person, you want the person to, to like you, right? And the person drew a very ugly dog and it's, wow! No one can draw a nicer dog than that, but the dog looked like a cat. <laughs> but you want to, so all these are lying, right? Exaggerating, right? Flattering, exaggerating and all that. So not true. So some of those are involved. Mainly it is, even when you do things to aggravate someone, you say things to aggravate someone. 
Wow. Elim is taking notes very hard. <laughs> Aggravate someone. To irritate someone. Ridicule someone. Make someone look bad. Make yourself look good. Exaggerate. That kind of thing. Now, all these are considered breaking commandment number nine. So, children and adults learn to just speak nicely, kindly, rightly. Alright? Be decent person. No need to... There are some people who, when they just only scoff, they, they only ridicule, they, they are very good at making sarcastic remarks to the point where you do not know whether they are being sarcastic or is being true anymore. Right? Right? So be people that when you say something, people know what you mean. If there's a problem, tell the person. Okay? Tell the person. Okay, so... Answer your question, Ilim? Don't be a sarcastic person. Don't be someone that likes to exaggerate. Yes? Uh, Pastor, I got a question before. I come to Australia and uh, have an English course. And then they tell, they teach one like an idiom. Idiom. Like that, uh, I could eat a horse. I'm so hungry, I could eat a horse. So, that is, that is, a, that is a, it's like a Carolines, but because I can't eat a horse. <laughs> you never eat a horse. Okay, I'm so hungry, I can eat a kangaroo. <laughs> now, when it comes to idioms and all that, people know what it means. You know what is idioms? We're not being sarcastic, it's not being idiot, huh? Idioms. Where people know it's an idiom. You know? I'm so hungry, I could eat a horse. Are you being sarcastic? Are you trying to attack someone? Are you trying to show off? I can eat horses, you know? <laughs> Those are not involved in there, right? There's no the kind, this kind of intention. This kind of intention. So that is not something that is... And people know it's an idiom, right? Um, that kind of thing. Okay, so, so understand the attitude and the reason behind is very important. What you say and do. Okay, any other questions? No, so children, adults also. Don't be sarcastic people. Don't be people that always exaggerate. Okay? Don't exaggerate. Don't be sarcastic. Learn that. Be proper Christians. Let your yea be yea and nay be nay. Do what is, what is let your yea be yea and nay be nay? Phoebe, what is yea be yea and nay be nay? What is yea? Nay? Yes. If you say yes, you mean yes. You say no, you mean no. That's it. Alright, be people like that. And then the last one we learned today, God is a God of? God is a God of order. Our lives must have order, church must have order, home must have order. Young ones, your home has order. Mommy says, daddy says, wake up at what time? That's the order for the house. Be obedient. The children of Israel were obedient to God. Okay? Now, let us pray.